But several of us were gone, Abraham and, and Thomas and Rick and their families and our families. We sort of all traveled together to Europe, to France, to England. And then in London, it all culminated in uh, the Salvation Army's 150th anniversary. And we had a great Congress, great international Congress. And it was wonderful to be there. Well, you know, when people go on vacation, uh, they come back and they want to tell you all the stories about their vacation, show you all of their vacation photos and all their pictures. So I'm going to do that this morning. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to bore you with that. But I do want to show you a couple of pictures, just to kind of give you a brief, really brief. I don't want to take too long with this. The first picture, we arrived in Paris. We arrived in France. And you can see us, the Eiffel Tower, the, uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral, the Arc of Triumph. We went through the Palace of Versailles. I ate escargot. You see right up there? Those of you who don't know, that's snails. It was very good. Very onodelicious. And then, of course, when you're in Paris, you have to visit the museums. And so we went to the Louvre Museum, probably the world's most famous museum. Great pieces of art, like the Venus de Milo. And over on this side, on the bottom left, where there's my wife and my son and daughter, in the background, that's the Mona Lisa, the original Mona Lisa. Pretty amazing place. And then we got on a train and took it underwater, under the English Channel. We went to London. And uh, you know how London is. It's all the uh, pomp and circumstance of royalty, the history, uh, the changing of the guards, Big Ben. You know the Big Ben is not actually a clock. Big Ben is a bell in the clock tower. And so we had a great time in London. And then, of course, it culminated in the Congress. 15,000 people from over the entire world and over, from over 140 different countries celebrating the 150th anniversary of the Salvation Army. And it was great to be there. It was very inspiring to meet Salvationists from all parts of the world, all united in spirit and in heart. Uh, all Salvationists working together, praying together, fulfilling the mission of the Salvation Army, which is simply to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. So we had a wonderful time. But it is good to be back home. It is good to see some familiar faces. It is good to be back in our place of worship. And I really missed our worship, our worship team, and the way we worship here. But it is good to be back home. You know, one of the things we had to deal with when we were traveling uh, was the different types of currency. And so you can see the next photo. In France, we had to deal with euros. In London, we had to deal with... uh, with uh, pounds. And uh, sometimes that got confusing. But when we got back home, it was good to get back to the old U.S. dollar. And you can see on the back side of the dollar bill is the model. What does that say? In God we trust. And so this morning, we're going to look at one of the most often quoted passages in the Bible. And you've probably all heard it before. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What a great verse! What a great promise! And if you haven't memorized these verses yet, I urge you to memorize it today. Because it can have a major impact on your life. 
We've got to learn to put our trust in God. And the only way we can make sure that our lives work the way they're supposed to work is if we trust God at every level. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We left Honolulu on a Friday evening about 10 o'clock. We traveled from here to San Francisco, from San Francisco to Toronto, Canada, from Toronto, Canada to Paris. We arrived in Paris on Sunday afternoon. It was a long two days of travel. We got to the airport in Paris. We had no clue what we were doing. We had to find our way to the airport, I mean, to, the, uh, to our hotel, and uh, we didn't know what to do. So I did what I've warned my children never to do, is accept a ride from a stranger. <laughs> so we did. Some guy just saw us, and he saw us probably as easy targets. That must be an American family. They're lost, confused, tired, exhausted. I'm going to ask them if they need a ride. So I don't know if it was the exhaustion or whatever it was, but I said, sure. So I showed him the piece of paper where we were supposed to stay, and instead of taking us out to the street to the car, he said, let's follow me. We went into an elevator, we started going down. I looked at my kids, they looked at me, I said, just follow the guy. All the meantime, I was saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. We finally got down into the basement, into the parking garage. There's no taxis in the parking garage. They're always up at the top. So we get in this little van, and he stuffs all of our luggage in there. And I keep asking him, well, how much is it going to cost? He never tells me. So I'm thinking, this is really smart, Phil. You're here in Paris. You have no clue what you're doing. You don't speak the language. And you're with some complete stranger at his mercy. So I keep saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. I had no understanding of what was going on. I had no clue. Well, he takes us out on the road. And we're praying the whole time. And uh, pretty soon, I look at the speedometer. It's like 127. He's going that fast. And then I realize, it's not hours. It's not miles per hour. It's kilometers. So it's only about 70. But in the meantime, we're, we're praying. And I keep on saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I look back and I see my kids praying too. <laughs> trusting in their dad, who's trusting in the Lord. Well, long story short, we end up having a conversation with the taxi driver. He ends up to be a very nice guy, a nice family. We have a great conversation. About 45 minutes later, we arrive at our hotel. And I kept praying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Your taxi will go straight to your hotel, and we arrive there safely. And so the Lord protected us. So here's a photo of our taxi driver. His name is Paolo. Great guy. And, uh, but it was a lesson, whether it was a lesson in stupidity on my part or trust in the Lord. But anyway, we made it. We survived. So this morning, we're going to look at these two verses. And it teaches us when and how to put our trust in God. And Solomon who wrote the book of Proverbs, Proverbs, tells us about two specific times when it's most crucial for us to trust God. First, he says that we need to trust God <clears throat> excuse me, when things happen that you don't understand. 
When things happen that you don't understand, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How many of you are baseball fans? A few of you. Well, you know, the the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is this week. It's on Tuesday evening. And there's a self-help book on the market, and it's called When Life Throws You a Curveball, Hit It. It's simple advice, isn't it? But it's much easier said than done. The problem is, I don't hit curveballs very well. Or for that matter, fastballs or sliders or sinkers or knuckleballs. In fact, when it comes to my own ability at the plate, I'm not as good as those on our, on our softball team. And, uh, and usually if someone throws me a curveball, I'll probably miss it. And yet, life continues to throw us curveballs. And there's not much I nor anyone else can do about it. The good news is that Solomon tells us that when life takes an unexpected turn, when life throws a curveball at you, you don't have to understand everything that's happening. In fact, the worst thing you can do is try to handle things on your own. When things happen that you don't understand, that is when you need to put your trust in God. You can say, God, I don't understand what is happening. I don't understand why my... My boyfriend or my girlfriend dumps me. I don't understand why my dad died so prematurely. I don't understand why I have financial problems. I don't understand why my friends have unfriended me. I don't understand why my boss doesn't like me. I don't, I don't understand why my parents fight all the time. I don't understand why I can't talk to my teenage son or my teenage daughter. I don't understand why I can't find a job. I don't understand why my body is aging and I can't seem to do what I need to do. I don't understand why my mother has Alzheimer's and can't seem to function normally. I don't understand all these things that are happening. But God, I know that you know what's going on. And I will put my trust in you. This is exactly what Abraham, in Genesis, in the Old Testament, this is exactly what Abraham didn't do. You see, when, when, when Abraham was childless, after God told him that he would be the father of a great nation, Abraham and his wife Sarah decided to take things into their own hands. Abraham slept with Sarah's slave Hagar, and she gave birth to a son named Ishmael. But he was not the son that God had promised. Abraham and Sarah thought that they had everything figured out. But their understanding was far more limited than God's. You see, he had a plan greater than they could have imagined. But they weren't in tuned to God's plan. They didn't put their full trust in God. Instead, they put their trust in their ability to work things out according to their limited understanding. And disaster ensued. And we know the story. Hagar and Sarah came to a parting of the ways. And Hagar ran away with Ishmael, her son, to a foreign land. And the sons of Ishmael, the Arab people today, and the sons of Isaac, the Jewish people today, have been at war practically ever since then. 
You know, things may be happening in your life that you don't understand right now. And that's human nature, to ask why. But let me assure you, you don't have to understand. You only have to trust God. I learned a great lesson in trusting God when I was serving in the Salvation Army in the Marshall Islands. The Marshall Islands, this was about 25 years ago, and I was a young officer. The Marshall Islands is a developing country. We used to call it a third world country, but it's a, we call it a developing country now. It's an island nation, small, tiny islands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And life there is very, very hard. The people are very simple, but they are full of faith. And I remember there, as a young officer one day, I had to conduct two funerals in the same day. The first funeral was for a man an old soldier who had died of typhoid. No one dies of typhoid anymore. But he suffered and suffered. And the second funeral I had to perform that day was that of a tiny eight-day-old baby. And we go to the homes. They're very humble homes. And as I walked into that home, lying on a mat in the middle of the floor, was this tiny, lifeless body. And the young teenage mother sitting there, just crying her heart out. And I was there to minister. And I kept saying to myself in my own mind, why? Why, Lord? I don't understand. And I couldn't get any words out because I was choked up with emotion. I had brought some teenagers with me because they knew the young girl. And so they just started singing this song, and it ministered to my heart. And the song went something like this. I don't need to understand. I just need to hold his hand. I don't ever need to ask the reason why. For I know he makes a way Through the night and through the day I don't need to understand I just need to hold his hand You don't have to understand. You only need to trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. You know, you don't have to be able to predict every event that happens in your life. Your own sense of understanding will not get you through life. But trusting God when you don't understand will. So trust God when things happen that you don't understand. And and secondly, this morning... We need to trust God when the future seems uncertain. Verse 6 here says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. When the future seems uncertain, any of you today, you're not sure, you're not certain about your future, what's going to happen in the days ahead. When you look into your future, Do you see a straight path? 
The word says, he will make your paths straight. This verse isn't saying that he will make your life easy. For we all know that life isn't easy. We all know that life isn't fair. But when God's word says that he will make your path straight, it means that he will make your life focused. He will give you a direction and a purpose in life. And you will, you will know where you are going and what you are doing and why you are doing it. God makes your path straight by giving you a sense of identity, a sense of purpose. A true follower of Christ has the capacity to understand who he or she is, more so than other people. Why? Because God has designed us with a specific purpose in mind, a specific calling for each and every one of us. And you know what? We don't see ourselves in terms of what we do for a living. Rather, we, are, we see ourselves in terms of what, what God is accomplishing through us. Let me repeat that. We don't see ourselves in terms of what we do for a living. Rather, we see ourselves in terms of what God is accomplishing through us. See, you're not just a student. You're not just a businessman. You're not just a retiree. You're a friend. You're a counselor. You're a leader. You're an ambassador for Christ. And every one of these roles are significant. Each has a purpose. And God uses it for His glory. Trusting God means that you don't have to try to make sense of all the areas of your life. He will make them make sense for you. And if you're not sure where you're going in life, if you're uncertain about the future and what God's specific purpose and calling is in your life, then this is the time to trust God. So what does it mean to trust God? You know, you've heard that old hymn, Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You see, trust and obedience go hand in hand. Trust and obey. By obeying God, which is... An action. It's a verb. It means we have to do something. By obeying God, you show that you trust Him. Obeying God is a way of stepping out in faith and saying, God, I'll take your word for it. I believe that you know more about my life than I do. How many of you have ever been on a zip line? A few of you have. I remember the first time. I'm not going to show a video. I did that one time. But where you get into a harness, you get connected to this cable. And, uh, and in this particular zip line, we had to run off this very steep bank. And as you keep running, then the, the ground disappears and you're, you're going down this cable. So the first time I was there, I was a little bit nervous. And so I asked the young lady that was, uh, that was there and I said, can, can this zip line hold me? You know, I'm not the smallest guy on the block, right? And the young lady said, well, there's only one way to find out. Just run and jump. <laughs> so I did, and I survived. Had a hard landing on the other end, but, but it's the same way with trusting God. There's only one way to find out if it works. You have to run and jump first. It's a leap of faith. Now, it's not a blind leap, 
Because thousands and thousands of people have tried trusting God before, and he has never failed anyone. But it is a leap nonetheless. Let me give you an illustration of trusting and obeying. And maybe this may be helpful to some of you. Say I'm driving home at night. I get in my car, I turn on my headlights, and I start driving down the road. And my headlights only illuminate about maybe 100, 200 feet in front of my car. So do I say to myself, you know, I, I, I can't see my house. I can't see my final destination. The light doesn't shine that far. I, I, uh, I can't go. No. What do I do? I drive that first 200 feet that's illuminated. And as I drive, as I obey to where the light reveals, another 200 feet gets revealed. And then I drive another 200 feet. And then another 200 feet gets revealed. And I keep doing. I trust my lights for 200 feet. It gets me to that place. I obey. I go. And it keeps going. Another 200 feet. Another 200 feet. Until eventually, I'm at home. And my path has been revealed all the way home. Trust and obey. Sometimes God only reveals a couple hundred feet in front of us. Sometimes it's only two feet in front of us. Yet we still need to step out in faith and go those two feet. And when it comes to living our life, you can follow one of two strategies. You can either be paralyzed with fear because you can't see the final destination, or you can step out in faith and trust and obey and move in the direction that God has revealed to you. And as you trust and obey, God will reveal more and more to you. It's a walk of faith. It's a walk of trust and a walk of obedience. So you know what? You don't have to know all the details about how things are supposed to work. You only have to follow the directions that God has given. And what are these directions? I'll repeat it again. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Are there areas of your life this morning that you need to put more trust and faith in the Lord? Are there areas in your life this morning that you need to be obedient to what God has revealed to you and what God has called you to?